Hello, darlings. Welcome to Free of Fear, Full of Joy. I'm Jahari, and this is Sarah. Today's podcast is brought to you by We Don't Give a Fuck. The views expressed are solely opinion. We do not advise any individual to act upon our shared experiences. We are adults with strong opinions and good intentions. Let's fucking do this. You're a nut. <laughs> You're welcome. So when people ask about what Free of Fear, Full of Joy is, I usually say that it's, you know, Sarah and I have a shared experience of, you know, loss and, um, you know, heartbreak really young in the life in our lives. Um, Sarah being a young widow and myself being young divorcee and a single mother, um, we regrouped and rebuilt our lives, um, being fearless and having joy and just wanting to and be happy in our life instead of taking the pain with us as we move forward. I spent a lot of time in my life battling fear of communication, speaking my mind. I thought that I was happy, but really I was miserable on the, you know, I really did think I was happy on the surface, but there was always something nagging at the center of my peace that made me feel like I wasn't happy. And I realized that it was my fear of communicating what I needed from people, what I needed from everyone. It was very interesting journey. And I had to very quickly overcome my fear of communication as I went into a very lengthy custody and divorce battle. I was always in scenarios and situations that I wasn't necessarily happy with. And I had to consistently focus on my communication. Um, because the survival of myself and my children really depended on that. Um, I decided I was going to create some mantras for my life and I'd like to share them. Um, I will be fearless in my communication. I will be consistent in my communication. I will be free of fear in my decisions. I will find joy in my communication, consistency, and decisions. Eventually, I put all of those together and came up with one powerful statement, free of fear, full of joy. Hey, everybody say it with me. Free, free of fear, fear full, full of joy. Free of fear, full of joy. Free of fear, full of joy. Okay, so I guess you want to know who we are. I'm Jahari. This is Sarah. And one thing, one thing folks don't know is that Jahari is a beautiful goddess. And I'm her sidekick. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold her hand and share the warmth of that glorious sunshine she exudes. Okay, Sarah. You are your own goddess and you radiate beautiful energy too. You're a beam of light, love, and spirituality. And we were just destined to be great friends That's and right. join together and taking over the world one podcast at a time. <laughs> <laughs> This is our first podcast, and we've decided to bear our souls, share our viewpoints about life, about our unique experiences, love it or hate it, darling. Okay. And with that unique perspective, we realized that it was conjured by loss and redemption. Let's talk about love, loss, and joy. Free Woo! of fear, full of joy, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Give me a I want to. <laughs> Sarah, I, I, I want to talk to you about um, George. Uh, George was your first husband and, um, yeah. you had an amazing love affair with him. 
Um, can you tell me how you met him? I sure can. So (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not, we were in the same friend circle for four years of college, but went Mm -hmm. to two different colleges Uh and never really crossed paths. Probably were at the same parties at some point, Mm -hmm. but I didn't meet him until after I graduated Mm -hmm. and I was at a party. Um, I had a headache (laughs) and he noticed that. And I was like, all right. And at that time, I was dating all kinds of terrible men, like right. all the bad boys. Is that what imagine. made you interested in him after four I, years? Not really, because I thought he was gay. Oh, <laughs> oh no. The yeah. kiss of death. <laughs> it was like he was best friends with a buddy. And I was like, I, I'm not going to, you know. But oh. he ended up buying me. He went out of his way and bought mm-hmm. me ibuprofen, brought it oh. back. And it was. And I remember sitting That's on a trampoline great. with everybody and just being like, What? And then I asked my girlfriend, I was like, what's, what's his deal? What's, what, what, what is he all about? And she was like, I can't believe I never introduced you. And so then it unfolded. And at that point, we were inseparable, having just fun adventures, being kids again, mm-hmm. going to silly dates like, you know, Dave and Buster's and like playing arcade games. And one thing that we always bonded um, yeah. over was having fun and being mm-hmm. kids again. And uh, that allowed us to build a strong relationship and like when it came to coming down to commitment it wasn't an issue it just was something I knew I knew I was gonna marry him that you guys really connected on yeah so how long after that since you guys had such an amazing connection did you guys get did you get engaged we did um pretty quick too I would say we were dating for like less than a year or so year and Mm -hmm. a half maybe Mm -hmm. and we were in Las Vegas (laughs) (laughs) but I thought we were just like I thought we were just having a fun trip but and then there were a few moments where I'm like, where did he go? <laughs> Apparently he was at Tiffany's. <laughs> oh, nice. Good taste. But and then I guess when he wanted to propose, it just never worked out because like the sales associate was supposed to bring out the ring at the time of the Bellagio fountains were going off. And like he was calling and I was like, where's he going? Like, anyways, and then <laughs> His like plan wasn't coming together. It did not come together. <laughs> but he ended up proposing like three o'clock in the morning after we had like spent a whole day of day drinking. And then I was like, did you? Ask my daddy. <laughs> he didn't. He wanted that. <laughs> yeah, so we had to ask him Aww. the next morning. But it yeah. all was like I remember it so vividly. It it was it was a really wonderful experience and nothing that I really expected. But I knew I was going to marry him. Like you know when you yeah. know. Yeah. So you guys made a lot of plans after that. You got excited. Yeah. Wedding planning, all yeah. the kind of stuff. We were yeah engaged for like about a year and a half, yeah. and we were getting married here in Burbank right. at the lovely Pickwick Gardens, <laughs> which is a one stop shopping for you can get weddings. It all. You, you can, can get, get it all. all. You can get bowling. Yeah, you can get bowling, which we did, and ice skating. Mm-hmm. Ice skating, ice skating wasn't open when we went, but oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But okay. and then we had a beautiful ceremony outdoors. We had to get special permission because I'm Catholic. Yeah, but we had both representations of our our religious backgrounds there marrying yes. us, and it was a beautiful thing. We had a big wedding. Lots of people got really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like you should, yeah, as you should. Yeah, on it your was yeah, everything. Day. It was the dream. It yeah. really was. So. I'm going to take this a different direction, but how long after you guys got engaged did you find out you were sick? Well, so what's unique about that is I actually at that point was still in recovery. So I met George um, and then within five, six months um, ended up having uh, thyroid cancer, had to go through the surgery. And I remember... It was all very sudden. I probably was dating him maybe uh, October, November, and then surgery was in April. 
So I just remembered that he was there for my mother in a time that I would never ask him to. I thought he was going to go back to work when I was going under the knife. He ended up waiting with my mom for seven hours in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. And my mom just kept saying, he's such an angel. He is such an angel. Yeah. But um, he helped me get through that because it was a roller coaster in terms of just treatment. Um, It's a wonderful prognosis. All while you're planning your wedding. No, not even yet. No. Yeah, that was after. But um, no, no, this was still when we were dating. But I think that was the turning point because he really knew how to help me through that process because I didn't have the capacity. It would take me two hours to take a shower. Yeah. 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 And that was because I like was completely like your whole hormonal system just gets completely thrown off when your thyroid comes out. Right. Exactly. But just to clarify, then um, went through the treatment, got better, still went through a hormonal roller coaster, but was in the clear, was good to go. We got engaged. And the next thing we know, we were getting married. And then that was that. Like we were building our new life. We were moving and into, that's pretty happy yeah. like that those moments after so like having yeah you know being unwell and then having the person you love stick by you because not everybody does that and do yeah. it well yeah to the point where you really couldn't have done it w- without him yeah was, you know? we were 23 24 yeah, i mean like young. we that's were kids young. still like our friends were partying we yeah. were going to the bars and yeah. like working 60 hours a week like work hard play hard and then, you know, My have the energy thing. to keep that going and then dating and then. <laughs> right. So you guys got married. You mm-hmm. moved into your 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 house and you started planning. And um, and then he start George started having problems. He did. So we got married and then we moved into a new place. And with a month's time, he started having debilitating migraines. To the point where it was like, okay, this is odd. And then, you know, he went to his primary several times and they, you know, appropriately diagnosed him. Um, but it still wasn't helping. Like he was taking pretty high grade pain medicine mm-hmm. and it resulted into no, um, there was no resolution at that point. He ended up having a catatonic seizure and was completely um unconscious for like 15 to 25 minutes. Meanwhile, as soon as it started happening, I called the ambulance rushed him to the hospital and they found a legion in his brain and um that was the one moment where I remember so vividly being in the emergency room with him flashing to the day we got married seeing him and like I like I was just like what the flying fuck (laughs) like are you kidding me right now and like and he was on a breathing tube like he was not coming Like, he wasn't coming out of it. And I didn't know any of his medical history. Thank God his mother and father were there. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that he had a seizure when he was 18. Like, I didn't know any of this. And, like, that's the thing. When you marry young, there's a lot of history we don't know yet. As time passes, you learn more about your partner and more mm-hmm. about their medical history. But it's not like, here's my diagnosis, <laughs> <laughs> diagnostic history. Please <laughs> so, take a look at this. But anyways. So what did, what did the doctor say? Um, It was pretty terrible. He ended up having emergency surgery at a well-known medical facility in Seattle. Top doctors. Um, they took out a huge mass out of his brain. And then when they did the, um, I want to say the, oh gosh, what's the, what's the word that's not biopsy. coming to me? The, the, not the biopsy, but the, um, when they test the tissue to see what mm-hmm. it is, it ended up being glioblast, 
glioblastoma multiform, which is the worst brain tumor you could have. It's called the terminator, which means that there is 18 months prognosis in terms of living. Um, it's It will like just tarantula your brain, put you in states of seizures and other issues will happen. It's just, it was, it was not the, an ideal thing. But so his prognosis was for how long? 18 months. Yeah. Okay. But at the day of the surgery, his buddies all shaved their heads in, in commemoration of it. And they were huge support. We had a huge support network in our, in our friends group and in our family. And we wouldn't have gotten through it without them. And I'll always be grateful for their, for their love and friendship. So he went from helping you through mm -hmm. cancer, and this is all within the, what, a two-year period or less, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to having a tumor in his own brain. Yeah. And so at this point, what were your interactions with him? How were you guys dealing with this? Because it's, it's you can't make this up. Oh, no, it was um, no choice. I quickly turned yeah. into, like, get organized, let's get this shit together, like, um figure out who needs to research what we were getting a lot of information from all different ends on what to do what not to do from doctors uh, of doctors yeah uh from family members too like it was a we had help people were bringing us food he was still recovering because it was a major surgery he was on his feet pretty quickly but i mean it was like a like a seven inch scar on his skull mm -hmm. yeah and they only took they took out 90 percent, but that 10 percent we knew was going to eventually linger back so how was your you know your relationship with him at this point what was his, his um it was pretty mental state yeah he was having trouble cognitively um but did try to get himself back to work in which he did um, in terms of love, it was definitely there. We just were there for one another. And I honestly didn't have a choice. I had to also get my driver's license. <laughs> I didn't have my driver's license. <laughs> my One of my best friends to this day helped me drive my ass around <laughs> Seattle. And she taught me how to drive. She's very much, very much still in my life to this day. But she was one of George's best friends mm -hmm. and um, is now one of mine. And I couldn't have done it without her. She she really taught me how to drive. And then, because I had to take him to appointments, he right. could not drive. There's a law, and most states have this, where if you have a seizure, you can't drive after, yeah. like, for six months or so. Yes. But at that point, he just didn't trust himself. Yes. And there was a bit of a ebb and flow about having confidence in himself again, because this is a – an athlete, you know, like somebody who's brilliant and is was a computer programmer. Like his mind was just like endless and like was always thinking, but like didn't get weird about it. <laughs> you know, wasn't like dazing off into mm -hmm. another world, but he was like present and direct. Like a lot of his personality did change, but it wasn't necessarily for the worse. In fact, I kind of made it. But did your personality change? Oh, no. I was like a complete pressure cooker, like anything. Mm -hmm. I was also getting my Pilates certification at the same time because I had to quickly go into, I need to be the breadwinner. I need to do this. I need to get to my, get to a point where I can take care of us mm -hmm. because he wasn't able to work, even though we um, were able to get support financially and other mm -hmm. means. But, mm -hmm. um, but no, I was, it, my back went out for nine months at one point too. Like I, like I, it was stressful. The stress was just debilitating yeah. Yeah. at and times. Being I, a caregiver is very hard. It's Well, and also being, I think at that point I was like 26, 27, but I'm kind of used to those levels of stress. I grew up with a brother who has several health issues and whenever it came to emergencies, I got like hyper-focused. Like I was in this zone where I was 
able to perform and get in like and just make sure that everything was moving forward right. um but to maintain that it's a disaster it really is i had my outlets i was making dance work i i drove my company my dance company nuts with the same damn dance piece for two years they're like <laughs> enough of more town <laughs> we get it you're struggling move on <laughs> but it was a lot i'm not gonna lie so and it wasn't that it wasn't that long ago either right so how long did he did he make it to 18 months he made it to 44 wow he made it um one week past our four year anniversary that's amazing so that's the thing is like willpower is amazing and um and it was the his descent to a, a state where you know he was no longer able to communicate along with all the other things that happen when people slowly start to shut down um isn't easy to watch and it was um but I really tried to be there for him as if this was you know our last best day um but that whole process was just it was it was beyond what I imagined and if I had known it was going to be like that I don't know if I would have done what I done <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like if but you know I had the support from family and I had the support medical support and staff to help through that process but um I really have a uh, a respect for people who are in the medical field, specifically hospice, because right. it's not easy to help people die. Right. So he eventually succumbs to his tumors, and I'm so sorry that you lost Thank him. You. You're welcome. But is there anything through all that process that you you learned, or what was your the moment that you realized that all this was for this epiphany realization um, in your mind, mm -hmm. in your heart. Yeah. The, the roller coaster that I was in for like four years um, was at times volatile. There were moments where I was so angry and wanted to leave. And then I didn't know who he was anymore. I didn't know who I was anymore. And then remembering that no matter what happens in a marriage or any relationship that you always want to seek falling in love with someone as they are in that moment and the greatest gift that George gave me was to truly embrace unconditional love and to know what that's like and and to realize like oh it's so simple it's just so simple it's 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 simple just love love fully in 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 every way that you can and times are always going to be challenging and to not let them throw derail you so terribly where you know being self-destructive sometimes happens there's no judgment there but um but that gift I'll never forget and I do my best to operate in that way to this very day with every relationship that I had because I used to be a selfish motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Ask my mama. <laughs> I am uh, the youngest of two brothers, which means I'm an only child. <laughs> true. Very, very true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But that, that, and then, oh, there's more to that. But it's definitely unconditional love. And Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Sarah. Thank I'm you. really, I, I'm always amazed that all of that happened in your life. And you still come out of it 
you know, appreciating it, learning something from it, and also um, turning it into something positive and um, not dwelling on it. You know, you just... Well, I didn't actually have a choice to dwell on it. Like, after he passed away, I had to get back to work within two weeks. I had, like, nothing. (laughs) Well, also, some people could just become self-destructive, like you said, and decide to check out from life altogether. And, like, I did. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. it is. But what I'm saying is that some people could take that to the point where, they never recover. Oh, yeah. There's there that there's they like never the, there's a grace period, however yeah. long that is. Well, but grief. one thing that I did learn though was that there are no rules to grief. In that, yes, there's like those seven. You know, the I, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not even gonna try to re remember what the process is. I know it's anger, denial. I can never remember. Yeah, them yeah, all. yeah. There, yeah. there's a budget. You know, yeah. look it up on the Googles. But, <laughs> But there was a point where when I looked in the mirror, I couldn't see myself anymore. And that's when my best friend was like, "Um, it's like walking on eggshells with you all the time. Mm -hmm. I really think you need to get some therapy. And then I was like, okay. So I did. I did seek therapy probably about three or four months after. But I was going through a carpe diem. Like, I was at the point where I thought I could just, oh, of course I could just be a backup singer for Katy Perry. I could do anything. (laughs) okay so there's a weird sense of hyper reality after somebody you love so much passes away because it's Mm -hmm. then it's like who am i now like what do i do right right Right. you were so very connected to him yes a lot of life in a very short period of time yeah congratulations for making it through yeah i mean with a few scars and a smile at the same time (laughs) okay (laughs) i know i really need just like a walking meme on top of me that says i seen some shit (laughs) (laughs) no you don't because then people will avoid you (laughs) they're like what the she she looks like a care bear but she bites like a bear Uh, you're a a grizzly you're a care bear well i again i think that's just amazing um he left a big impression on you. He left mm. a, a stamp on your heart. Oh, P.S. He didn't really leave, though, because somebody we know has a guardian angel. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've been in so many instances where I've almost died, and yeah. I haven't. And I'm just like, <gasps> oh. okay. So, I mean, like, I, that, I know that kind of sounds extreme, but I'm not lying. I'm not okay. lying. So, and since his passing, many things um, with focused effort have come through right was able to rebuild my life rebuild my connections to family and friends rebuild um a new business and um pursue other other you know interests that i have specifically this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so meeting you is probably a big turning point because uh p.s jari also helped me navigate my second wedding because i was a crazy (laughs) bridezilla (laughs) with like who was having several emotional breakdowns you were a bridezilla but we won't get there yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah thank you for listening you're welcome i'm always willing to listen